Welcome to Destiny Spirit Church. This week's message is by our senior pastor, Donna Astern. I think making the devil mad is, your, you know, that's a job. That's something that we all need to just keep doing. Make God happy, make the devil mad. I want to encourage you that if you made the devil mad and he's kind of kicking about a little bit, this just means you're closer to your freedom. That's all it means. When the devil kicks, it means he's nervous, he's in trouble. And so that's why those scriptures say things like to stand there, you know, uh, to be strong in the Lord and to continue to you know, stand strong and be like a man and, you know, stand there and do what you got to do. And we win. We always win because God always causes triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen? That's what the Bible says. How do you know the Bible is true? Yes. All day, every day, all day long. Whether it looks like it or not, the Bible's still true. Because God cannot lie. Amen? He cannot lie. As um, I want to do just a few moments of recapping where we've been and, and where we're going tonight with, with many of the insights that have come from Henry Wright. And we have been looking at, for some weeks now, looking at discovering the spiritual roots of our conditions. We understand that, uh, that we are spirit, soul, and body. And there are things that are happening in the spirit realm that are manifesting in the physical realm. And they are manifesting in our physical bodies. And we've seen in the scriptures, from the scriptures, that disease is a curse, right? From Deuteronomy 28, there's the blessings of the Lord and there's the curse of the Lord. The Lord. And so the curses are, diseases are all listed in those curses, right? So any type of, of disease that you and I are having today is not a blessing from the Lord. It's a curse. And we need to treat those things like curses and look to the roots so that we can get rid of them. Curses come from a failure to love, a failure to receive love, a failure to love, whether it's love ourselves, love God, or love others. It can come down to their family line. We can inherit loads of things from our ancestors. I mean, all of us inherited the sin nature from Adam, right? And we inherited plenty of things from our parents, our grandparents, and we have continued, we pass those things on down to our descendants as well. We looked at the truth that if the that if Satan can get at your spirituality, that he can control your psychology and also your physiology. There's, the starting place is going in the spirit realm. He is a spirit being, and he wants to get in there and contaminate our spirits. So we'll start changing how we think. If we start changing how we think and how we respond, if we do so negatively, it's going to affect our physical bodies. And we looked for. We spent a couple of sessions looking at some the technical, medical, biological things that happen according to what's going on with us spiritually and emotionally in our minds and how these things can manifest in the physical body. When you and I are at peace with God, peace with ourselves, and peace with one another, there is no room for disease. Before Adam and Eve sinned, there was no disease that was in the garden. Isn't that right? There is no disease in heaven because everybody's in proper relationship with God, with themselves, and with others. We also looked about the troublemakers that are demons and how that demons are craving expression. They want to get inside of people. They want to mess with people to have that expression. And so they are only satisfied when the human race is miserable. And so the, they will speak thoughts They will pretend that they are your thoughts and try to get you to buy into them, to receive them, to believe them, to act on them, and to speak them. 
And so when you and I have cooperated with demon spirits, we're not reflecting the nature and the image of God. We're reflecting the nature and image of the devil. And so we're, we're, we're actually participating with the kingdom of darkness instead of participating with the kingdom of light. Demon spirits want us to accept their thoughts as their own, and they seek to separate us from love. They seek to separate us from God, from one another, and from ourselves, so that we're not walking in love towards ourselves, one another, or towards God. They seek to divide and conquer. And so therefore, it's our responsibility to recognize the sin that is dwelling within us, the sin that is cooperating, that is participating with demon activity, is up to us to recognize it, to take responsibility for it, and to repent from it. We also are to renounce it and to remove it out of our lives. We need to be like Jesus who said, the kingdom of this world, the, the prince of this world comes and he has nothing in me. We want to have the same type of holiness that the Spirit can come, but He does not find a place of agreement on the inside of us. So we looked at several classes of spirits. We have been looking at unforgiveness. We've been looking at broken hearts. We were looking at bitterness. And last week we looked at accusation. We're breaking agreement with these things. You know what? The, the Lord is shining light. He is showing us that we have been suckered in to some things. And now it's time for the light to come so you and I can get free. Do you know that if you don't know, you know, the, the devil puts snares in people's lives. You know, the Bible says that the, um, you don't put a snare, how's it go, in the sight of a bird. You don't put it up visibly. It's invisible that those snares have come. And so there are things that, that the devil comes and says and suggests things to you and to me, trying to get us to buy into it so that he can do his work on the inside of us. Well, we've got to break agreement with those things. And that means a lot of times we've got to, we've got to be diligent to take every thought captive. And as, as I've been teaching these things, I'm hoping that you're beginning to recognize that some of the thoughts that have been traipsing through your little mind are not you. They are not yours, and you should not take them as yours. And even if they sound just like you, and they've got emotion that goes with it, that is not you. The Bible says we're being recreated by God in true holiness and in righteousness and so there are things they're trying to attach themselves and we've got to break agreement with them and some of these things have been lifelong challenges for us things we learn from our families things they taught us they modeled before us but you know the bible says we need to live in a new and living way it's all about discipleship renewing your mind and being transformed right to become conformed to the image of Christ Jesus so as we are going to be looking at these things we're going to expose some of the work of the enemy and if the enemy has found any place of agreement on the inside of you I want you to get tough on those spirits tonight and decide there's not gonna be anything inside of you that agrees with anything in that dark kingdom right what's the military term about a fifth column a fifth column, a warfare term. That's those. A fifth column was um, like you have in a in wartime. You've got your your um, forces that are out there. You know you can tell who the enemy is. He's the guy coming over the hill aiming at you. But the fifth column was a source of sabotage that worked on the inside. It's kind of like you know. The, uh, in the Second World War where the French underground would you know, blow up the bridges so the Nazis couldn't get through and whatever. The fifth column, that's people who identified, who hung in there and blended in with the rest of the population, but they were enemies. 
you know, and we see the same thing happens in the spirit realm. There are spirits that try to blend in and try to make you think, well, that's just how you are. That's just you. That's just your personality. But you and I need to lay the axe of those things and be done with things that are not like Jesus. And I want us to, I want us to get a little bit rough on this because I think there's been too much cooperating, too much listening, too much buying into stuff, and not enough taking every thought captive. You know what? This is warfare. When you are feeling like, as you're like, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to forgive. I don't want to be there. I want to feel sorry for myself, pull the covers over my head and lock the door. You know what? That's not Jesus. That is an enemy spirit trying to rob you of your inheritance. And it's time for you and me to say, that's enough. I ain't doing this no more. You know what? The devil would say, I don't think you need to praise the Lord. Don't you know how hard life is? Don't you know nothing good happens for you? You know what? I have told the devil before, shut up and begin to praise God. You don't like it? You better be quiet. I'm going to keep praising. You know? It's like the same thing when you go on a fast. The devil says, you can't go on a fast. God didn't mean if you go on a fast. You'll die if you go on a fast. You know what? You need to counter that. Oh, really? Well, I'll just add another day to my fast. The devil says, don't you put that much money in the offering. You can't afford to tithe this week. Oh, I think I'll add another 10%. You know, this is how you overcome evil with good. Just decide that if you're being tempted to do something that the devil would like, decide to go on the offensive and say, not only am I going to do the right thing, I'm going to add to it as well. Not only am I going to stop thinking the thoughts of the devil, but I'm going to begin to speak the word of God and bring my thoughts into captivity to where my emotions begin to line up and I begin to feel like it. Amen? You know, it's time to rise up, church. Be a man or be a woman. And quit. Don't don't lay down and play dead. All right, let's open up your Bibles, please, to 1 Corinthians 13. Tonight we're going to look at Antichrist and unloving spirits. Antichrist, unloving spirits. Those things have been way too rampant. We're going to arrest them tonight and evict them in Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's start with verse 1. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge... And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love never fails. This is, the Bible says in 1 John 4 that God is love. God is love. And so when we look at 1 Corinthians, this is what love looks like. Love is patient. Do you know that God is patient? Love is kind. God is kind. Love is, is not arrogant. How about that? It's not provoked. It doesn't take into consideration. It doesn't keep a long list of everything wrong that you've done. 
See, this is God is love. And this is how God, his heart and his attitude is towards us. And this is what he has put on the inside of us that we can respond to him, to ourselves and one another the exact same way. Let's look back there at verse four. Let's read it this way. I am patient. I am kind. I am not jealous. I do not brag and I'm not arrogant. Why are we saying that? Because love is on the inside of me. God's on the inside of me. So for me to be Christ-like means that I exemplify love just like this, right? So I am patient. Let's go back. I am patient with myself because I love myself. I am patient with you because I love you. How about that? I am kind to myself because I love myself. I am kind to you because I love you. I don't keep a record of your wrongdoing. I believe the best about you. I believe the best about myself. You know, we need to put our name in there and say this for ourselves. I am walking in the love of God. All right? Let's turn and look over at 1 John chapter 4. You see, that's what God's after. He says you can have the gifts, you can do all kinds of good works, but if you don't have love, you have nothing. You know, there's a lot of people who do a lot of good things, but they don't like themselves. They don't love themselves. You know, they hate themselves. And God says you can do all these good things, but if you don't love yourself, it doesn't profit you anything. In 1 John, let's just look at this verse. 1 John 4. Verse 16, it says, We have come to know and have believed the love that God has for us. You know, I could ask any Christian, does God love you? They'd say yes. For God so loved the world, He's gave His only begotten Son, right? I could ask you, does God love you? You could say yes, I know it in my head. But when it comes down to your heart and what do you feel like, Do you feel like God loves you? Have you believed the love that God has for you? If we believe the love that God has for us, you know what? That'll liberate us and transform us. How many of you you know what it is to be with somebody who loves you deeply? Just say like like you can look at parents and children or, or, you know, husband and wife or best friends. And you're with somebody and when you're with them, you can really feel the love that they have for you, right? And you can feel the love that you have for them. Haven't you just had those times that are just very tender and very close and you thought, I just love them so much or I can really feel that they love me so much? You know, you know it, but you had that time of believing the love. You know, there are sometimes people say, well, I love you, but you don't really sense much love in it, you know? You don't, it's hard to believe. Sometimes, you know, we've been hurt and we've been offended. And so when somebody says, well, I love you, Sometimes it takes a little while before trust is rebuilt. Were you sure you love me? Demonstrate. Let me have some time. Show me that you love me. You know, and the thing is that the Bible says here that God is love. We have come and know and have believed the love that God has for us. You know, it's believing that love, that God is going to be patient with us, that he's going to be forgiving with us, that he is not going to be provoked to wrath. Know that he's not remembering our sins, that he's not holding things over our head, looking for a way to withhold blessing. That's, yeah, that's not love. So he's not responding to us like that. And we, can, we need to know these things in our heart so that we have an emotional response that means love. You know, it's one thing, it's like, it's like you can tell me, Laura can tell me, I just love you, Donna. 
You know, I believe Laura, but you know what? I mean, I can listen to her words and say, well, you know, she's a pretty good person. She doesn't lie. She's probably telling the truth when she says she loves me. But when I believe that she loves me, I am relaxed around her. I'm comfortable around her. I'm not expecting for her to do me wrong. Folks, you and I need to have that same thing with God to where we not just know in our heads that God loves us, but we're relaxed and comfortable with his presence. And we're expecting him to treat us with kindness and treat us with goodness. Amen. It says next, God is love and the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. God is love. So this is the key thing. We read here from these scriptures, this is how God wants to treat us. This is how he wants us to treat one another. Now, let's, while you're in 1 John, let's look at chapter 2, verse 22. Since we have a clear picture of what love is, we want to look at what is the enemy like. 1 John 2:22. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Antichrist. Anti means opposite or instead of. Christ means the anointed one, speaking of Jesus Christ. So, if Jesus Christ, if God is loving and patient and kind, what do you think Antichrist is? Unloving impatient, rude, abusive. That's the type of spirit an antichrist spirit is. It's an unloving spirit. Look at 1 John 4, verse 3, while you're there. 4, verse 3. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming, and now it is already in the world. There are a lot of people, they're waiting for the Antichrist to arrive at the end times. Isn't that true? Y'all ever watch those Christian horror movies? You know, the one with the 666 and the whole thing and, you know. (laughs) And they're all waiting for this one individual to arise. You know what? The Bible says there are many Antichrists. And the Bible says right here, you've heard it's coming. It's already here. Folks, you don't have to wait for a Antichrist to arise with 666. The Bible says it's already here. That spirit is already here, and it's already been working on you and on me. Because it is, it is a vehemently opposed to love. It is opposed to everything that God stands for. It is opposed to Jesus. And so since you and I belong to the Lord, those spirits come against us and try to get us not to believe the love of God for ourselves. They are coming to oppose anything godly or loving on the inside of us. Antichrist spirits want to take the place of Jesus Christ in our lives. They want to replace what you and I have with the love of God, what you and I have love for one another, love for God. They want to replace those things so that instead of love, there would be hatred Instead of love, there would be self-hatred, bitterness, rejection. It works to separate us from God, separate us from ourselves, and separate us from other people. You see, the Antichrist spirit is actively working 
to lie to you and to me, to play upon our emotions, and to get us to believe what it says instead of knowing and believing the love of God that God has for us. You know, that's why I think it's so important that we have regular teaching and study on the love of God. Regular teaching and study on focusing on the Father's heart of of love for us because we are bombarded with antichrist, unloving spirits every day. And it's up, up to us to choose to reject those and choose to know and believe the love which God has for us. So how do these things come in? They can come in through a generational line. You can inherit them from your ancestors. You can inherit those type of hating spirits, uh, critical, bitter, accusing, unloving type things. You can inherit those things down through your family line. Also, you can have, if you can have your feelings hurt, have something bad happen, you get your feelings hurt, you wound up getting bitter, and unloving spirits want to move right in. You see, remember last week or week before we looked at the root of bitterness will defile many. Bitterness, many times, will open the door up and not only make you bitter, but then bring in a whole bunch of unloving spirits at the same time, working to replace the love that God's put in our hearts with antichrist spirits so that we become twisted and warped and do not demonstrate the love of God. Let's identify this spirit. The antichrist spirit does not want you to be touched. It does not want you to be hugged. It does not want you to be loved. It does not want you to feel loved. It does not want you to feel accepted. It does not want you to feel or receive any affection of any kind. Because if you're feeling all those warm, fuzzy, loving feelings, it's miserable. If you're feeling hurt and angry and and hating yourself, that thing is very happy. So it doesn't want you to feel, it doesn't want you to get hugs. Y'all notice this is a hugging group of people here? Because we're going to, do you know that, you, that hugging can break stuff off of people? It can break them off. If somebody has got a strong man of an antichrist, unloving spirit, they are sending out messages that say, do not hug me. We've all met them, haven't we? We've met people, you hug them, and it's like hugging a rock. You know, there's no gift. There's nothing to respond But you know what? We're going to persist in that until we just love them to life. And we love them enough to where that thing gets broken and they start to relax and begin to receive the love of God coming through human arms. Amen? I'm serious, folks. You know, hugging is healthy. It's really good for your immune system. What was that I heard somewhere? You got to have so many hugs a day to be healthy and strong. I forget some odd number. But I'm just thinking it's a lot, you know. It's like you need a lot of affection. You need a lot of touch. They did experiments, you know, years ago, and they found it was a terrible experiment they did. It was over in Nazi Germany or somewhere, but they did this awful experiment. Of, um, um, they, they wanted to see if babies could live without touch. And so they, they had a group of them that got the touches and the affection. And so then they had a, then they had a group of uh, babies that nobody did anything. Those children died. They, they died of, lo- of love neglect, of not being loved. You know what? And so you and I, we're still breathing and living. But you know what? Those spirits are trying to get you to die on the inside, getting you to dry up to where you'll isolate yourself from people. You won't, you won't walk in any type of freedom. They want to come and starve us spiritually. Unloving spirits. We can't afford them. They do not want you to be able to give true love to God, yourself, or others. You know, the unloving spirit 
is something that will make it difficult for you to worship, difficult for you to pray, difficult for you to interact with other people. Sometimes we hide behind these things and we call it, well, I'm just shy, I'm just quiet. No, you've got an unloving spirit. There's an unloving spirit that's trying to keep you from, from giving and receiving love from other people. Sometimes, folks, we hide behind what we think is our personality, and your personality is an aberration from what God called you to be. If you're not walking in the fullness of love. Now, I've, I've said this before. I am an introvert. You may not believe it, but I am an introvert. I really prefer to be by myself, if the truth is known. But you know what? The love of God, Paul said, constrains us. The love of God causes us to reach out beyond our own comfort, our own what we think, you know, what we want to do. Love is what makes us reach out to other people, you know? There's plenty of times, you know, you and I, we don't feel like, you know, the friend calls you up. They need, a, they need some comfort. They need a, you know, hug. They need somebody to cry on. And you don't feel like messing with it. But out of love, what will you do? You will expend yourself for your friend because they need you, you know. We will come out of what we like just to be a blessing, to be, you know, to serve someone else. So the unloving spirit does not want you to be able to worship, doesn't want you to be able to love, does not want you to be able to uh, even love yourself. You know, an unloving spirit will many times masquerade as religious spirit and tell you how bad you are all the time and, you know, try to make you feel guilty about breathing. And those are religious spirits that are not liberating you, but they're bringing you into bondage. You know, and we've got to, and many times, unfortunately, so many godly Christians, you know, they listen to unloving spirits tell them how I don't pray enough, I don't worship enough, I don't read my Bible enough, I don't go to church enough, I don't do this enough, I don't do that enough. You understand? That's not you. That is the spirit of your enemy seeking to separate you even from your own self. You know what? You, I don't know, folks, you have to get real about this. If the You could fast 40 days, and the devil would tell you that wasn't long enough. You need to fast 41. You could read 10 hours a day, and he'll say, you could have read 11. You could pray 19 hours. Well, you could have prayed 20. You see, no matter, you can't live like that. That is an antichrist, unloving spirit getting you into a works mentality instead of receiving the love of God and behaving as a son or daughter. The Antichrist spirit causes you to focus upon yourself. It is very selfish spirit. It doesn't care that anybody else has got a problem. When you are consumed with an Antichrist unloving spirit, all you know is nobody's seen the trouble that you have. Nobody's got it near as bad as you, and you don't really care to hear or know that anybody else has an issue. You know, I think it's really interesting how many times that... There are people that just because they don't openly wear their pain, you know, doesn't mean they don't have it. Doesn't mean they're not going through something. And sometimes it's just because they have learned to walk in love and to consider other people. Because love is considered of other people, right? And so a lot of times they'll sacrifice their own needs, their own concerns, in order to give out to someone else, you know? And, and so many times it is that you can find yourself to be the position of giving, 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 and nobody's giving back to you. You know what? You need to get what you need from God and resist the lies of unloving antichrist spirits that say that everybody matters except for you. It's just unloving spirits, folks. 
Unloving spirit cause you to think about yourself all the time. You know, let me just ask you, you know, when you and I go through challenges, when we're having needs and hard problems, you know, what's the tendency? It's to sit around and think about how bad it is. Isn't that right? You think about your problem. You call the intercessors. I need prayer. I need prayer. Not that you shouldn't do that, okay? But, you know, I'd like to know, instead of always asking for prayer, do you ever pray for anybody else? I know people, they want to ask for prayer, but they don't want to pray. They want to ask for prophetic words, but they don't want to prophesy. They don't want to serve. You know, it's like it's not about us. We need to consider other people. And so there's Antichrist spirits that are trying to get us all wrapped up in just us and our situation. Okay? Because, see, love is not selfish, but Antichrist spirit is very selfish. The Antichrist spirit is an abusive spirit. It wants to bring people into bondage. It's a very abusive spirit. And it functions in two ways of being, it brings a double-mindedness. Double-mindedness in that internally a person with Antichrist unloving spirit is feeling self-hatred, self-bitterness, self-rejection, and this kind of internal thing is going on, not feeling good about themselves. But they may have an external manifestation of, I've always got to talk, I've always got to be noticed, I've always got to exalt myself, or I've got to be a perfectionist. It's a push-pull. It's a push for perfection, a push for get out there, notice me, see me. But on the inside, there is a self-hatred and bitterness going on of hating yourself. So it's a real double-minded type of a thing. You know, you look at a... Um, um, the unloving spirit wants, the unloving spirit waits for other people to notice. Waits to see if they will notice me or if I'll be another wallflower. Waits to see if they'll speak first. Waits to see if they'll call upon me first. Folks, that's an unloving spirit. You can't imagine Jesus behaving like that, can you? I mean, Jesus would just walk to the room. He'd speak to whoever he wanted to. He doesn't necessarily have to wait for someone to speak to him first, right? But an unloving spirit is not walking in that place of freedom. Unloving spirits are also, they also talk. You know, the Bible says Jesus taught in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Jesus said, the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. The evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil, for his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Unloving spirits stalk. Uh, They talk. Yes, they stalk and they talk. But remember, as I said, they are craving expression. So they will speak certain things to you and hope that you will buy into it and that you will also say it yourself. An unloving spirit says things like, No one understands me. No one cares about me. I am all alone. I don't think even God cares for me. I'm ugly. When I look in the mirror, I am so ashamed of myself. I don't like to hear my own voice. It irritates me. Sometimes I wish I was dead. Folks, that's an unloving spirit Plenty thoughts in your head, waiting for you to agree with it and waiting for you to say it. Now, you see what happens if you're listening to that thing and it's telling you you're ugly 
and you're listening to that and agreeing with that, that is not love. Jesus would never tell you you were ugly. Isn't that right? He would never say those things to you. The Bible says he is not ashamed to call us his brothers. So he's not ashamed of us. So why would you be ashamed of yourself? It's unloving spirits. You know, this might be how you feel. You say, well, I feel ugly, or I feel like I wish I were dead, or I feel like nobody understands. That might be how you feel. But, is it, but those thoughts and those feelings come from Satan. They do not come from God. Hadn't you rather agree with the kingdom of God? Rather agree with what God says about you. Aren't you more interested in what love says about you than what your hated enemy says about you? You know, when it comes down to it, who cares what he thinks? Who cares what he says? We're not buying into that. And, and I'm here to tell you, it's time for us to break agreement with those spirits. And if you have been guilty of saying these types of things about yourself, it's time to just break agreement with them. Because it's not you. That's not the source of it. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What did I tell you? If the devil can speak these things to you, if we accept it, if we say it, then what have we just done to our physiology? What have we just done to our lives? We have opened the door for enemy spirits to come in to steal, kill, and to destroy. When you say that you wish you're dead, your body takes that as a command. It gets built into your physiology. And you may not die immediately, but you will see a pattern of things beginning to break down in your life. The Bible says in Galatians 5.14, The whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Unloving spirits demand that we do not love. They demand that we don't love God, we don't love ourselves, and we don't love one another. They demand we don't love. And so therefore, if we're not loving, then we're not obeying the scripture, are we? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If I can't love myself, how can I love you? If I don't love myself, I'm disobedient to Scripture. If I don't love you, I'm disobedient to Scripture. And you see, that's unloving spirits are trying to get us into re- disobedience and into rebellion. Unloving spirits also include self-pity. Self-pity. You know self-pity? That's the one that wants to come and tell you how bad it is for poor you. For poor you, we talk about having a pity party. Problem is that Jesus doesn't come to those parties. Your friends don't want to come either. <laughs> but devils love those parties. They love, oh, self-pity will come and bring a whole bunch of his friends. And say, that's right, you got it so bad. Nothing ever works out for you. You poor thing, you. Nobody treats you right. Nobody has it as hard as you. Go eat some worms or something. <laughs> But you know, the problem with self-pity is self-pity glues you to the hurt. It glues you to your pain. You cannot get free of unloving spirits if you're not willing to get rid of self-pity. Unloving spirits are founded upon self-pity. Because you see, if you don't feel sorry for yourself, you'll just blow off whatever unloving spirits say. It says you're ugly. Instead of feeling sorry for yourself because you think you're ugly, you just go, well, so what? And go on with your life. Do you see how self-pity will get in there and will cause this stuff to be glued to us? Self-pity 
loves to bring along accusing spirits with it. So when, self, when we give place to self-pity, then here comes a bunch of accusing spirits to tell us why we should continue in our self-pity. Because they don't treat you right. Because nobody does for you like they do for others. Because this, for that. And they give you all kinds of accusations against yourself, against God, and against other people. Just so you can stay in the self-pity. Because if you stay in the self-pity, the unloving spirit stays. And then guess what? They're in control. And you're not. But you feel bad for yourself. You know what, folks? There is far too much self-pity in the body of Christ. Self-pity acts as though God's word is not true. And it's time to rise up and do what you and I know is the truth of the word of God to do. And to shake it off. I've had my pity parties too. I've had plenty of pity parties. I'm here to tell you, all they are are time wasters and open doors for spirits to come in. And it's time for you and me. I mean, you need to have a good cry, have a good cry, but then get up and resist unloving spirits and resist self-pity. What kind of physical problems can come from Antichrist unloving spirits? Physical problems such as psychogenic pain. Psychogenic pain is pain that doctors don't know why you have it. It's something psycho, I mean, from your soul, your mind, genic pain out of your soul, out of your mind. That means there's no physical reason for it. You know, an example of that is fibromyalgia. You know, it's a very painful disorder, but nobody knows why they have it. Because it doesn't have, they can run all the tests, and people who have had that condition have been so frustrated because they think, the doctors think they're lying to them. They said because they don't see any inflammation, because there's not any inflammation. They don't see any reason for there to be pain, yet the person is in tremendous pain. You see? Another t- other types of, of problems from unloving spirits, eating disorders, eating too much, uh, bulimia, anorexia, eating disorders come from unloving spirit. Also, addictions, because addictions are just looking for the peace, looking for the resolve, and so it's coming from unloving spirit. Autoimmune diseases. An autoimmune disease is one in which the body attacks itself. The white blood corpuscles, instead of going after the enemy bacteria or viruses, they start attacking the tissue of the body. Autoimmune diseases, that means the body is attacking itself. What kind of spirit would cause your body to try to kill itself? An unloving spirit, right? An antichrist spirit. You see, Jesus is your healer. But what, remember, Antichrist spirit is trying to take the place of Jesus, and so it's trying to get your very body to turn upon itself and destroy itself. What are autoimmune diseases? They are self-hatred diseases. They are diseases like lupus, Crohn's disease, rheumatoid arthritis, and multiple sclerosis. These are all diseases rooted in self-hatred. Now, the self-hatred may be generational, but if it's generational, it's time for you and me to break agreement with those generational things and to say, it's going to stop here. It's not going to come down and exist in my life any longer or in my family, in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, it is so important that we know and believe the love of God. 
It's so important that we break agreement with Antichrist's unloving spirits. Because if we don't, those things, are their ultimate end of those things is our destruction. You know, it's a high price to pay for a little self-hatred, for a little self-pity, isn't it? It's a high price to pay. The truth is that, that, folks, we can't afford agreement with enemy spirits. They are looking for any open door they can find to bring destruction into our lives, and we can't afford this stuff. How many of you would acknowledge that Antichrist's unloving spirits have been in your life and in your family line? Everybody, right? You can see it come down your family line. You're probably remembering relatives, you know, what they've said. You've thought about the things that have been attacking you, what you've thought of. How many think it's time to get tough with these spirits? Do you know you're going to have to be tough with self-pity? Self-pity does not like to go. It likes to set up camp and stay. Unloving spirits that have been lying to you about yourself and causing self-hatred and self-bitterness, those things, you're going to have to get tough with those. And the challenge is that you're not going to feel like it because you might feel self-loathing. You might feel self-bitterness, but you've got to understand that ain't you. That's not God. That's not love. And it's up to you and to me to break agreement with these things and get them out of our lives. Remember what we've said. This is walking out, working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I've said this many times. You've got to deal with the dragon in your own backyard. Everybody's got their own battles they've got to face. Everybody's got their own dragon that they've got to slay. And you can get prayer. You can get ministry. But when it comes down to it, it's you and the devil. And that means you take the weapons of our warfare, which are what? Mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. We take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We know that death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we begin to resist the words of the enemy. We begin to speak words of life, whether you feel like it or not. If, as long as you only do, do and say what you feel like doing, you're not going to get very far. You know, that's not even being grown up. How do you know it's kids that only do what they feel like doing? Small children. They don't feel like going to bed. They don't feel like taking a nap. They don't feel like eating Brussels sprouts. They don't feel like drinking the milk. They don't feel like coming in. They don't feel like taking a bath. They don't feel like brushing their teeth. You know what? That's the attitude of a child. An attitude of mature adult says, I may not feel like it, but I have to take responsibility and do what I know is right as a son or as a daughter of God, right? It's taking responsibility. And you know, there's plenty of things as adults we don't enjoy doing. I don't particularly like paying taxes. How about you? I don't particularly like, you know, yard work. <laughs> there's a lot of things I don't particularly like to do. But there are things that mature adults decide, you know what, this is what I am going to do because it's right, because it's good. And when God's Word teaches us that God is love and we need to know and believe the love God has for us to take every thought captive, that when you are sitting there with self-pity and with accusation, it's, you're going to have to rise up and say no and say stop in Jesus' name. Get out. And let me tell you, you need to say so with your mouth, not just with your thoughts. The way you get rid of those things is verbalize them. Now, if you're in Walmart or something, I mean, you know, go off somewhere, you know. You know, you, know, you don't want them to carry your way. But you know what I'm saying is, is 
There are, there are, if you, you would be amazed, if you've not done this, you'll be amazed at how much power there is when you speak your, when you open up and you say no in Jesus' name and you speak the opposite. It really breaks that thing off because if you're just in silence and you're just in there with your thoughts and your feelings and this and that, you know, that stuff grows. It festers on the inside of you. But if you stop and you say no, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the apple of God's eye. You know, you know, God calls me beautiful. He calls me handsome. He is committed to me with an everlasting love. And you begin to speak what God's word says and rebuke those thoughts of your enemy in Jesus' name. You're going to find it makes a real difference. You can change your mood and change your attitude by the words that come out of your mouth. The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Do you know, remember that story when David was at Ziglag, when the enemy had come and taken away all their wives, their, their animals, taken away all their stuff, and everybody was grieved, and everybody was upset, and they were so angry and hurt, they were ready to kill David. David had nobody to encourage him, so he encouraged himself in the Lord. And folks, you got to quit looking for somebody else to be your encourager. There's a time when there's a place, but folks, sometimes God will cut you. He will make you blind. I mean, I mean, he'll make other people blind and deaf to your situation because he wants to break you of relying upon other people for encouragement. And he wants you to begin to stand up as a child of God and begin to encourage yourself in the Lord. And how do you do that? You do like David did. You remember his past victories. You remember his past goodness to you. And you remember that he is faithful. He cannot lie. And what he has promised and what he has said and what he'll do. And you encourage yourself. And you say, like David said, why are you downcast, oh my soul? He's asking himself, what is with you? What is with this attitude? Come on, let's remember, God's alive, God's true. And stir yourself up, folks. Let's not wait for somebody else to do it for us, amen? This is warfare. This is warfare. And it's not always fun, but you know what? The good news is you, you begin to move forward, and it gets better. It gets better. You begin to feel better. You begin to actually get encouraged. The joy of the Lord gets stirred up, and you begin to walk in victory over these things, amen? I'm tired of watching people get beat up by the devil. I'm tired of people listening to the devil and while he's beating them up and then just give them a sledgehammer to continue it. You know, do not allow yourself. You know, there are things that go on internally inside of people, awful things that are thoughts against yourself that you would not, you would not let anybody else say to you. There are, there are voices inside your head that say things to you that you would not tolerate another living soul speaking to you. Isn't that true? We've often said, you know, we're our own worst enemy. We're the hardest in ourselves. But the problem is not so much us. It's us agreeing with enemy spirits who are seeking to take us out. But hey, we are going to get tough with these guys tonight. All right. Would you go ahead and just close your Bible and your books? How many of you want to make a break? with Antichrist unloving spirits. I want to break these things, break agreement. We're not doing this anymore. I'm not tolerating, not receiving their words, not buying into that stuff any longer, right? We're going to pray. We're going to break some agreement with some things. I want to go over these things a little bit slowly because I want you to have a few moments to really process all of this. Because these things... These spirits have got to be evicted. 
We've got to be done with some things. All right. Praise you, Father God. God, I'm so glad that you love us with an everlasting love. That, Lord God, that you hate the things that bind us. You hate the things that trip us up and chain us. That, God, you have come to bring us freedom in Jesus' name. Jesus, you have purchased our freedom with your own blood. Hallelujah. And, Lord, tonight we appropriate that healing and that freedom. We appropriate the blessings of the cross of Christ in Jesus' name. All right, would you pray this after me? Father God, I take responsibility in my generations on both sides of my family for Antichrist unloving spirits. And I renounce it. I repent for believing lies. And I tear down negative words. And I cancel the assignments of every evil spirit that was loose because of them. I renounce self-bitterness, self-unforgiveness, self-resentment, self-retaliation. Self-anger and wrath. Self-anger and wrath. Self-hatred. Self-hatred. Self-violence. Self-violence. Self-murder. Self-murder. Self-sabotage. Self-sabotage. Self-mutilation. Self-mutilation. Self-annihilation. Self-annihilation. Self-torment. Self-torment. Self-consciousness. Self-deception, self-doubt, self-unbelief, self-questioning, self-abasement, self-comparison, self-rejection, self-condemnation, selfishness, Self-exaltation, self-pride, self-idolatry, insecurity, competition, isolation, loneliness, lack of confidence, religious spirit, False piety. False piety. Victimization. Victimization. Double-minded. Double-minded. Attention getting. Excessive talking. Need for approval. Perfectionism. Envy and jealousy. Fear. Fear. I and I will. The Luciferian spirit. Rebellion. Broken heart. Self-pity. I ask for forgiveness. 
and that the curse be canceled. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. All right, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I set aside the strong man of Antichrist and unloving. I take authority over and I cast out self-bitterness, self-unforgiveness, I cast you out. I cast out self-resentment, self-retaliation. I cast out self-anger and wrath, self-hatred. I cast out self-violence, self-murder, self-sabotage. I cast out self-mutilation, self-annihilation, self-torment, self-consciousness. I cast out self-deception, self-doubt, self-unbelief, self-questioning, self-abasement, self-comparison, self-rejection, self-condemnation, and selfishness. I cast out self-exaltation, self-pride, self-idolatry, insecurity, competition. I cast out isolation. I cast out loneliness. I cast out lack of confidence and religious spirit. I cast out false piety, victimization, and double-minded. I cast out attention-getting spirits and excessive talking. I cast out need for approval. I cast out perfectionism. I cast out envy and jealousy. I cast out fear. I cast out I and I will, the Luciferian spirit. I cast out rebellion. I cast out broken heart and I cast out self-pity in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And now I take, I take authority over the strong man of Antichrist unloving and I cast you out of these people and I command you to go now in Jesus name. I command all these spirits to go off the premises in the name of Jesus Christ. We break agreement with you. We have nothing to do with you. You're a liar and we don't receive your lies any longer in the name of Jesus Christ. We break agreement. These things go from us now all the way out. All must leave now in the name of Jesus. If you're having any trouble, raise your hand up. All these spirits must leave now in the name of Jesus Christ. All of them are going in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and thank for it. If anybody's feeling agitated or irritated or something, if you're yawning, that's good. Let them go. You got a cough? That's good. Let them go. Everybody just take a breath. Everybody doing okay? All right. Father God, I pray, would everybody just lift your hands up? Father God, I pray for a fresh infilling of your love. Your perfect love cast out fear. I ask, Lord God, that you would infill us. Every place where Antichrist's unloving spirits have been, have been tormenting us and influencing us right now, I ask for an infilling of your love, Father God. Father God, I also, I speak healings, and I speak creative miracles in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would change our very physiology and our very psychology. That, Lord God, that we would begin to manifest and walk in the fullness of your love in the name of Jesus Christ. Flood us fresh in Jesus' name. Father, I just believe you, Lord God, right now for freedom from pain, for freedom, Lord God. Father, I declare that these autoimmune diseases have to go now in the name of Jesus because we dealt with the root. Father, in Jesus' name, I say these things have no place on the inside of us. But God, we are the healed of the Lord. We are those who receive the miracles of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you and thank you for it, Lord God. We praise you and thank you, Lord God. You're our healer. You're our deliverer. And Lord God, I ask, Lord God, that that you would, would flood us with your words. 
that, Lord, that we begin to hear your words from the Scripture, your words of love, your words of acceptance, and that, Holy Spirit, that I ask that you to move to quicken us, to recognize every time those unloving words, those antichrist words or feelings, when those things come, make us alert, Lord, that we'll recognize those things when I come and give us the grace, Lord God, to take every one of those captive and cast it down and not receive it in Jesus' name. Lord God, we receive from you and we reject we reject all unloving spirits, all antichrist spirits. We reject those things. And God, we get our identity from you. We say what you say about us. And we refuse, we refuse to give agreement or cooperation to the enemy in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, because you loved us with an everlasting love. Father God, you are faithful to us and you are committed to us. And Lord, we are your very own children. We are your sons and daughters. You're not willing to do without us. Hallelujah. Bless you, O Lord. Bless you, Lord. We receive your love. We know and we believe the love that you have for us. God, your love is big enough to cover all of our shortcomings and all of our sin. Your love is big enough, Lord God. And so, God, we're walking free from the past. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Destiny Spirit Church or additional teaching CDs or training events, please visit our website at www.destinyspirit.com or you can write to us at Destiny Spirit Church, P.O. Box 15252, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23328. Thank you.